Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Healthy Indoors Show. I'm your host, Bob Krell. Um, we're uh, happy to have uh, two uh, very industry-leading guests here to discuss uh, Building Performance Institute's new uh, healthy housing principles. Uh, they have a certification and reference guide that's just recently released. And uh, with us today will be joining us uh, Larry Zarker, the CEO of the Building Performance Institute, and Kevin Kennedy, who was the principal author and editor for this uh, new document. So um, with that, let's uh, bring these guys in. All right. Welcome. How are you? Hello. Welcome. Hello. How you doing? Ke Kevin's no stranger to the show. He's been here before. I'm not. Happy to be here again. And in the co-pilot seat, um, we have, as always... Hayward Scores Healthy Scientist, um, Healthy Building Scientist, sorry, uh, the ever-present Joe Medosh. So uh, I guess Larry uh, and uh, Kevin are going to uh, go through a brief PowerPoint presentation to give us uh, just some background on this new document and program that the Building Performance Institute is releasing. So um, take it away, gentlemen. Thank you, Bob. Um, and thank you for uh, having us on today. I want to give you a quick overview, Joe and I, I mean, Kevin and I want to give you a quick overview of the Healthy Housing Principles Certificate of Knowledge and the new reference guide um, that has just been released. Um, so uh, starting with the Healthy Home Evaluator that we introduced into the market six years ago, um, you have certificates of knowledge. We have core certifications that are prerequisites to the Healthy Home Evaluator. So you have to have one of those core certifications to get to the exam for the Healthy Home Evaluator professional. What we're introducing now is this Healthy Housing Principles Certificate of Knowledge with the uh, accompanying reference guide. We don't have training in the market yet, but training is coming from a variety of sources to um, uh, help people uh, prepare to take the certificate exam. So um, seven years ago, we introduced building science principles into the market. So lots of people in call centers, technicians, realtors, inspectors got the building science principles. This is the companion now on healthy housing principles and how it works. And it's built on the Keep It principles, um, reordered a bit, renamed a little bit, um, but it's it's something that that HUD and many others in the industry have been using for years, and and so we wanted to build out a reference guide that people can turn to and um, use. The certificate looks like this. It's open book. It's it's something that you can uh, prepare for and and take the exam at the convenience of your own computer and then download the certificate. And those who have the um, um, Healthy Home Evaluator or other BPI certifications can earn eight CEUs for um, uh, completing this Certificate of Knowledge exam. This is one of the widest audiences we've ever prepared for, um, not just people in the weatherization community or contractors doing work in the field like an air sealing or HVAC, but community health workers, they go into homes, in-home nurses, uh, asthma educators, uh, utility uh, program representatives, even parents and teachers associations. Think about you know kids who are missing school because of uh, asthma episodes. That has an impact on their ability to be there and their parents um, um, missing work. So there's, there's huge opportunities to learn about this and start stepping into healthy housing as a discipline. Again, we created these icons to showcase the different um, principles of healthy housing and they uh, follow through the book. So I'm gonna turn this over to um, Kevin to talk through quickly what the book looks like. Well, just to give you a sense, the, the intent was uh, to update the knowledge. There, there is a, a previous uh, guides that are out there. Uh, the concept of healthy homes have been around for uh, about 20 years and really uh, active uh, training has been available for about 13. 
But now with this new guide, uh, it's updated information. Uh, there's a chapter on each of the Keepit principles that includes uh, uh, important figures and graphics to try to uh, illustrate the concepts. Uh, it provides evidence-based explanations of uh, the concepts for each of these Keepit principles, covering some of the basic building science concepts. It includes uh, learning objectives and terms that you should know. Uh, it gives you a background first in health information, and then it, it gives you information about practical actions and recommendations that you can make. So it's immediate information that you can start to use and apply when you uh, start working with clients. And uh, it, it's information regardless of the background you come from. It's information that you can use even in your own home. Uh, it's very much a, a broad a reference guide that tries to give you all the practical information supported by the evidence uh, and education about uh, complex information, ideally in a plain, simple language that makes it easy for you to understand. Uh, as you go through the guide, uh, there's also uh, a uh, house as a system concept that connects each of the uh, chapters. So we, we refer back to this idea of how the system and how these things uh, are all connected within the home and how each of the healthy home principles relate to each other. Uh, there is a, a, a good introduction and summary at the beginning that talks about some of the research, the history of healthy housing, uh, and then a little bit about uh, key resources. There's a wonderful resource section at the end that BPI and, and Larry have developed uh, that connects to all of these chapters to give you additional information. All of the references are, are uh, going to be made available at the BPI website. All of that will be available for you to use. Uh, really, we want you to use this reference guide as something you'll have on the shelf and pull down at any time to try to get uh, the latest evidence-based information. And that's what's key, evidence-based information about these practical ideas and keep it principles that you're trying to communicate with people, uh, home owners and residents, uh, to apply these things in their home, to make good recommendations, regardless of the reason you're at the home. This matters now more than ever because there are uh, reports like this. This is the second one from Harvard about consumer trends and interest in the idea of healthy homes. Uh, this one is specifically to healthy homes, remodeling, contractor preparedness, and what consumers are interested in. And it's very clear that uh, consumers are particularly interested in uh, having a healthy home, investing in a healthy home. What are the things they need to do to make their home healthier? And in particular, as we've shown here in our highlight, it's people who are a, a younger audience, uh, a new audience, new homeowners, but also people who are starting uh, families, people who uh, are going to have children or have young children. And there's a lot of science out there. There's a lot of evidence out there that we need to be very careful about what people are being exposed to. So this audience is uh, very interested in investing uh, in a smart way and making their home healthier. And Many people are wanting to age in place. So many seniors also are interested in investing and staying at home rather than uh, living somewhere else. Uh, they want to stay in the home they've invested in over many decades and they wanna make it uh, healthy for them as they get older. Um, what's interesting too from this survey is that people are specifically interested in, a large number of people are interested in indoor air quality, pests, water quality, safety, uh, chemicals used in their home. All of these are healthy housing topics. All of these are covered in the new uh, healthy housing reference guide. So the guide is an ideal starting point. It's an ideal foundation uh, as a person. Well, if you want to add to your learning or if you want to expand uh, uh, your learning or start your learning, it's always, it's a good place to start. The other interesting thing from this uh, review is that uh, People are looking for this information because they want, as they look to invest in their homes, they're wanting to improve ventilation systems, upgrade uh, their filters, uh, improve light, remove uh, moisture mold issues, re remove any kind of contaminants or toxics. They want a clean, healthy home. And interestingly, from the survey, the vast majority of people are interested in this because a large number of people have chronic illnesses. 
everyone listening today, everyone in America is going to unfortunately have a chronic illness sometime in their lifetime. They're not going to experience that in the hospital, in a clinic, they're gonna experience and manage that chronic illness at home. So people are very concerned about having a good quality, healthy home uh, to manage their health for, for long-term well-being. Now, because of SARS-CoV-19, uh, SARS-CoV-2, more than ever, people are spending 100% of their time. The, the research said 70 to 90%, now it's all of your time in your home. So people are even more interested, more willing to invest in making their home indoor air quality better. They're making their office in their home. So they want to uh, actively think about uh, how to set up an office to be a healthy workplace in their own home. So they want to be very careful and smart about their investment because the economy also has been set back significantly. So many people are wanting to be very careful about how they invest in their home. All right, so let's take a look at the weatherization assistance program. This is from last year when the program was reauthorized and there was a, an intention to try and raise the amount of money. It didn't get to that level, but we now know that the appropriation for 2020 is, it was completed. And I think some of the language that we see there is still very relevant. Um, for the first time ever, the secretary may amend the regulations to allow improvements in health and safety of occupants, not just if you're doing energy efficiency and that efficiency upgrade has a health concern, you can address it. This now allows a broader look at the home. And as a matter of fact, um, I learned today that there is a um, NOFA coming out um, pilot of looking at um, uh, healthy homes and weatherization in in a, uh, several communities. So there is really an active look in this area at it. And in terms of the old issue with deferrals, um, I don't know the exact number or percentage when weatherization crews go into homes. One person in, in one of the states told me that up to 40% of the homes they visited were uh, deemed deferrals. And, and I've always called this a national tragedy that those people don't get any of the weatherization upgrade work done and they have to live with the problem that they were having like a leaking roof that might cause uh, rot and mold inside the unit. So being able to make a home weatherization ready is I think a very good new step. Um, and I'm, I'm uh, happy to see that HUD and DOE were working together on that. Um, when you look at the business opportunities, this is one of the things I say to contractors in their community, you know, think about who are, who are the people in your community that you can talk to, you know, the specialists in medical, the caregivers, people in the agencies, public health agencies, you know, the parent and teacher associations who have a concern about keeping kids healthy. Uh, and, you know, one of our contractors goes to bridal shows and he's the only one there who's in this field. The reason he goes there is he knows that young couples are going to get married and get and have uh, a family. And they're going to think of him when they're trying to think about what um, uh, their home, the health of their home and uh, caring for their um, children. Um, lastly, do not ever um, overlook the possibility of using media to your advantage. Um, I use the example of a builder in Atlanta who wanted to start building green. He didn't know much about it, but he made a list of the things he did that were green and he started talking about it. And pretty soon the Atlanta Constitution did a feature on him as the green builder of Atlanta. You can get into this step by step and get into a uh, better understanding um, training reading books like the reference guide, um, getting the credentials that help you get there are, are certainly essential to that process. So these are the resources. Our information is at bpi.org HHP. We've created, as uh, Kevin talked about earlier, a, uh, a resource section that you can go into and it's, and it's a living uh, resource. If you find resources that should be here, We'll add them. If you find something that's out of date, we'll replace them. And lastly, if you want a, um, a PowerPoint um, PDF or view a video, just go to ppi.org slash HHP underscore presentation, and you'll find uh, both those resources 
uh, there. Um, the video is coming. It'll be there in the next day or two. And with that, I'd like to turn it back over to you, Bob, for Q&A. Hey, guys. Well, that's, you know, it's an exciting program. I guess my first question to you, Larry, is uh, so why did BPI embark on this new program? So we've been in business 28 years as a national nonprofit. Um, comfort, health, safety, energy efficiency, durability have all been um, part of our um, mantra, our mission from the beginning. Um, but in terms of health and safety, we, we tended to think of combustion safety and not the fuller picture. And so it's been in recent years that we said to ourselves, let's take the blinders off and see the fuller picture of what's going on in a home. And that's, that's really why we're there now. Yeah. Who's, and who's the, you know, you mentioned in one of the slides, the target audience, but I, I think it's worth restating. Um, this is a much broader audience than many of the uh, BPI uh, programs that previous to this. It sure is. I mean, for me, with a marketing background, this is a lot of fun. I get to meet new people and talk about, um, you know, what they're interested in and how what we are bringing to the table, um, traditionally with a contractor base, actually can mean for their audiences. You know, um, if, if they are um, setting specifications for the work or requirements for the uh, people who go into homes, why not get this certificate of knowledge, read the reference guide, find available trainings so that there's a, there's a, a minimum bar of qualifications for the people doing the work. Uh, interesting, you know, the, the progression of this, this has been in the works for a little while. Um, you know, <laughs> it started a couple of years ago. I, I was on your original exploratory committee with it when we were doing some of the original stuff. And, uh, and then it interesting how it transgressed uh, to, you know, uh, Kevin Kennedy uh, is brought on board to kind of steward uh, this thing to the the final uh, stretch, and um, well, how, did, how did that all take place? <laughs> well, it's a long, sad story. Not, <laughs> not really. no, no. Uh, 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 I have had a been fortunate enough to have a relationship with all of you for many years, uh, with Larry for uh, quite a while now. As as BPI started exploring. Uh, uh, more specifically healthy homes, uh, it was an opportunity uh, for me because I've been involved in the national conferences, the energy conferences, but from the healthy home and indoor air quality side for 18 years. So I, I was routinely involved. But then when the opportunity came up that BPI was looking more specifically at this integration, that was an opportunity for us to start uh, co-presenting uh, several years ago about a this opportunity about this chasm, this this gap between the communication of the healthcare side and uh, the people who work in buildings. And I had worked on crossing that chasm in the healthy home world for many years. Uh, and then that naturally extended into uh, the building performance and energy efficiency side, because I've worked with our local energy efficiency people in Kansas City, where I work out of since 2002. Metropolitan Energy Center there has been a uh, an institution uh, locally in Kansas City and actually in the energy world early on. Uh, I mean, some of the energy efficiency work started there in the 1970s. Uh, uh, many people know Bob Hausch from decades of being at uh, Metropolitan Energy Center. But then uh, with the, uh, the development of the Healthy Home Evaluator credential, that's where Joe and I and, and others, many other professionals and, and you too, Bob, were directly involved in uh, the development of uh, uh, integration, a practical integration of uh, healthy homes into the energy and building analyst process, but, but also to teach the idea of applying houses as a system in a different way, through a different lens, through more of a health and safety lens, more of a focus on indoor environmental factors. And then, well, what does that mean? Well, that means there's all these other conditions like uh, a clean and the issues related to cleanliness, like contaminants and contaminant-free. What are the, the common chemicals that are common, commonly found in homes and how do you address those? A different look at, at uh, moisture management. Uh, certainly that's critical to the energy efficiency, home performance, building performance world, but we're looking at it from a different perspective. It's more about reducing moisture because 
it's so uh, connected to uh, the research as far as uh, its impact on the environment in, in indoor of, of buildings and yeah. ultimately leading to chronic dampness and health impacts. So mm -hmm. uh, lots of connections there that uh, led to me being involved. Well, and there's been there's been studies for years on that as well as far as exactly with the moisture right. uh, WHO not not as much in the US though it seems like it's internationally they jumped on that sooner but anyway Joe so there is a, a major overlap that's been kind of ignored with you talked about uh, people go to homes and they get deferred but um, even if you just look at the energy side ventilation is not really an energy saving um, process, but they put it into their energy assessment. Combustion safety isn't saving any energy. These are safety, fundamental, healthy home concepts that have been on board the energy field for years. And, and, and it's okay to install something that actually uses more energy because it adds ventilation. So there's been an overlap. And I think right now we're at this time where, where there's like, there's energy and there's health. And we're going to be not long before it's just, it's an assessment. And you understand that these things are all already connected and you don't just do one or the other. You're going to be doing both all the time. In fact, BPI's old logo had health, safety, and comfort, I believe it was, something like that. So health has been in there for a long time. Um, it just really wasn't actually uh, something we understood or it wasn't in the scope is really one of the challenges that many folks were going to home and they're like, wow, you have a loose handrail and loose treads here. This is a major health issue, safety issue, but it wasn't something that was always in their scope. Some people say, yes, it is, and others not. So our goal now is to broaden the home to make sure that the occupant has complete coverage, not just from a a good energy bill and comfort, which is one of the healthy um, uh, HUD principles, you know, and uh, so these are the kind of things that are, we're really seeing the overlap that's happening right now. So I'm really happy that, and you mentioned something uh, I think that is even better than just something that's on the shelf. Uh, why don't you uh, hold your book up there, Kevin, and uh, flip it to any page. You're gonna go into, you could take this into the house, flip to any page and be like, oh, you know what? I wanna look something up and here it is that you can find something right there and refer to it, either show the client, right? Or, you know, read it yourself real quick or say, here's some information that I wanted to share with you and uh, know that it's there. I'm sure people are gonna be making copies of these pages to send to clients. It's uh, well, the other part, yeah. there's a nice uh, action uh, mm -hmm. section at the end of each chapter, a summary of, of actions that you could put right into a report. Um, yeah. Right. And, and some people like to, you know, dog ear their, their publications and put little tabs in and other people are more comfortable in a digital environment. So we're going to have a flipping book PDF version for those who are strictly into having it uh, digital. Um, uh, personally, I'm in the school of the school that, you know, I want to be able to dog ear those pages and refer back to them so that I can, you know, look back at, at from time to time and, and I'm not as good uh, with a full book on on the in the um, digital environment, but it is available. Anybody who knows Joe knows he says, uh, "Be the source of the source." Uh, and if you, uh, I'll hold it up there. The book has about three hundred references, so it's it's very well referenced. And uh, BPI was very supportive of uh, having the web links in there for most of those references. If they're not there, they've already. Uh, got it and it's on their web page so if, if you want to read in depth the WHO report on indoor air quality mold and and uh, building dampness uh, hey it, yeah, uh, it's there and, and, and we only put one URL in the entire publication and that was to send people to the resources page and say um, this is a living document if it's out of date let's change it if you have a new publication let us know and we'll add it I do want to stress about what you have. I'm going to just show a couple screenshots of your online. And the reason that I'm explaining why it's, it's amazing that it's online is that you can update things in, at any time. You're going to get somebody to say, hey, you forgot us, and you're going to be able to add that. Uh, and you've got great resources here in terms of like, you know, the, the checklist or uh, educational materials, uh, key references. And if any one of those changes, you don't have to wait for another printing of the book to actually kind of update the information. Yeah. So this is great that it's it's constant. And even if you don't have the book or even have you have access to this material, that's a, also a great resource for the entire industry. If you're like, I'm not sure yet. Well, this this link will convince you that this is some amazing information. Well, and you can see from looking at the book, it's pretty thick. Uh, but uh, one of the goals, one of BPI's uh, goals was uh, plain language. Let's let's write this in a simple language because, as uh, Larry said, it's the largest audience of uh, people, their target audience they're trying to reach uh, that they've ever dealt with. And I would argue that maybe anybody's dealt with as far as trying to have a common understanding of uh, 
things that apply to not only to the places people work, but really the place they live. Any well, citizen really could almost buy this book, mm -hmm. and it's like a healthy homeowner's manual. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it there's nothing, nothing like a worldwide pandemic to bring attention to health in homes. So, um, you know, it, it's not something, as Kevin said in our, in our press release, this is not something we plan to do. Um, but it, it, it brings focus to the point that we really need to focus on our homes. I, I do want to real quick. Sorry, Bob. I, I want to point out that yeah. we, th this is a certificate, right? Just want to stress yes, the is. difference between a certificate versus a certification. Um, and uh, that or credential. Credential. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you don't, uh, do not need to do anything prior. Just, I just want to stress that, that what is required to take this, do this, what are the, what are the first steps and how do I complete this? Yeah, so, so you don't have to buy the reference guide. Um, I personally recommend it because there's so much information in there. But the, the point is that there is an exam. Uh, once you purchase the exam code, we send it to your email address. It's for you specifically. You take the exam at your convenience when you're ready. And then uh, when you pass the exam, you download the certificate and you put it in a frame and it's yours. It's open book, right? And it is open book, right? And eight credits. You get eight credits for completing and eight CEUs, as we said. So, um, one thing I wanted to point out from you know the conversation before um, the link between energy efficiency and healthy homes. Um, you know, DOE's have published a study. E for the future has published a study. We've all intuitively known that they're connected, but they actually put in some evidence as to how there's a growing body of, of evidence that efficiency and the health of our homes and, and the, its impact on occupants is, is intertwined. And, and that's been something, you know, I, I think that's been something that the industry has been broaching, you know, for a long period. I mean, as long as I've been in indoor environmental since the early 90s um, and actually uh, late 80s, um, there's always there's always been that paradigm that I think has finally been maybe broken that, you know, you, you either, you either work on the energy efficient side or you work on the indoor environmental side, but you can't have both. You know, it's, it's that they always had, you know, you always saw the thing with the scales. It's like, well, you know, do you have one energy efficiency or do you want uh, good environments? And it's like, yes, we want, you know, <laughs> you know That's we want, we want I've been in the industry about the same time, uh, length of time that you have. And uh, Joe knows the first time Joe and I had a deep conversation, uh, uh, where he's teaching me uh, more uh, specifically about the uh, energy audit process and uh, the methods of using blower doors and pressure diagnostics. It was absolutely eye-opening because I grew up in uh, the indoor air quality consulting world. I spent uh, a decade working in analytical chemistry and industrial hygiene chemical, working on all sorts of exposure investigations, et cetera, in homes and buildings. No one ever uh, throw up a, a device that shows you how air infiltrates into a building rapidly from all of those hidden channels, all of those hidden interstitial spaces in the framing and everywhere else, I immediately realized, my God, A, how quickly that changes and how little pressure it takes to make that change, and B, the exposure pathways are so clear and completely hidden that uh, why aren't uh, consultants and hygienists using a blower door in every home they investigate just as part of the investigation process. They can do pressure diagnostics. They can do differential diagnostics. They could uh, understand the role the uh, uh, HVAC system plays in that uh, pressure uh, pathways and buildup. Nobody in that industry has paid attention to this at all. That, that's to it's a totally huge point. Now, I, I will say the caveat there is Terry Brennan was doing this a long time ago. Okay, right. and, and ter ter Terry's from from this. You know, I'm in Syracuse. Terry Terry's uh, I, in the I Utica know Terry area. Well, yes. and, and so Terry Terry harped on me a lot. We we were very friendly competitors and uh, you know industry colleagues for you know for decades, and uh, you know he he would. He got me interested, to be honest, Terry's the one that got me interested to start pursuing the BPI stuff early in the 2000s. And, and I was an IAQ consultant. I remember the, I was one of the first IAQ guys probably that went and got all your BPI certifications. 
Because I remember John Jones made comments of that, and so you know, so did all our reps. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you're you're the IAQ company. And it's like, well, yeah, because it kind of makes sense. You know, we oh, we're, yeah. we're we're making all these claims, but we're not looking at that whole building diagnostic, you know, from that perspective. You know, from exactly. the building right. envelope perspective, we really weren't that, doing that. That's what we did too. So many years ago, we partnered with Metropolitan Energy Center on healthy home training. They had us come in and do healthy home training for their BPI uh, training as just they built it into the week of training. But then they allowed all of our hygienists to go through their uh, BPI training. So they all went through the building analyst training and the auditor training. So they learned uh, that approach to uh, uh, a home, houses, a system, but also to the diagnostics. So, and then all of them is very eye-opening as far as their approach to assessing uh, homes. But things are starting to move closer together on these two industries. They're not. There's the separation isn't there anymore. Like Joe, you'd agree with that, right? There's, there seems to oh, the yeah. lines are blurred. <laughs> the lines are blurred, and now there's more opportunity for weatherization. Uh, state weatherization agencies to go in and be like, uh, you have asbestos, we're not allowed to touch asbestos, but here's what we can do to now identify that and actually remediate that, and then we'll be back, versus just saying, right. good luck. So now, as Larry mentioned, there are some funding to do that. There's also, there was funding in Washington State to do things uh, for their kind of one of the first uh, uh, things on uh, weatherization, weatherization plus health. Yeah, and they were able to do things like replace carpet, uh, buy a vacuum cleaner, do things that you would never think of as a normal weatherization crew would come in and do and be like, well, uh, there's several people here who have asthma, and let's figure out what we can do to reduce these kind of triggers, because that actually has the greatest impact in sometimes lowering their energy bill. So there are uh, ways that we're now starting to see for the first time, and I think states are starting to realize that you guys are close to proving this to us as a method of actually reducing our costs. So we really think that this is something that is kind of tipping that way. And once they, once one state says, you know what, this is one way that we're actually going to be able to reduce our healthcare costs is because this is what these folks are doing to reduce energy. It's going to explode rapidly in terms of actually improving people's homes and their health. Those are the progressive states. Uh, If I could comment on that, um, I went to a presentation in Portland a year and a half ago and and Judy Olson and her team from the Tacoma Pierce County Department of Health spoke about a collaborative pilot that really was groundbreaking. One of the Washington State pilots where her community health workers teamed up with weatherization plus health, uh, BPI healthy home evaluators, and they found 58 homes with 78 occupants that had asthma or COPD, and they did a study that was evaluated by Washington State University, and they collaborated. You know, the our, our people really don't do behavioral issues and use of medicine and how the the medicine is administered. And are you seeing your doctor? And are you doing something about secondhand smoke and all those things? Our people don't do that. Community health workers do. They don't tend to get down in the crawl spaces and look for the the interstitial pathways that Kevin was describing. So you put them together and they mapped out a plan and they actually proved that they had a, a significant impact on quality of life. And Bob, that was in the March issue last uh, um, year. Mm-hmm. And, of and it to me yeah. was tr- of Healthy Indoors Magazine. And I, I will tell you, I see that as groundbreaking, that kind of collaboration that can occur across sectors that haven't communicated in the past that really can do things that are greater than the sum of the parts. Right? That, are you seeing what, more of that, though? Are you, you know, because I, I mean, that, that was a groundbreaking thing, but is it starting to oh, pick up oh, nationally? Groundbreaking in, in that uh, the way they they did it. But actually, that kind of work's been going on for a while from a different perspective. My program works with housing organizations locally, the program at, at Children's Mercy Hospital. Uh, and there are, are those kind of programs. They were healthy home specific. The difference is we've jumped to, to weatherization and collaborating between the weatherization programs and not just the health systems and the community health workers, but there uh, is a, uh, in many states, a conscience interest of the managed care, the health insurance companies in trying to find ways to work with the weatherization programs to implement a program similar to what Larry's describing, where you have caseworkers that might represent, uh, or care coordinators who represent the managed care company who collaborate with the weatherization program to, get an assessment done and identify uh, health and safety things that could be done as part of weatherization activity. 
So one of the things that I, I think, um, you know, we hear about all the time, and it was in our June issue of Healthy Indoors, we talked about um, the racial, racial injustice of uh, indoor environmental conditions. And is it is it not, would you not agree that the uh, the underserved communities tend to be the, uh, have the housing stocks that maybe have some of the most uh, heinous problems happening, you know, as far as indoor environmental issues. And uh, it, to that end, then, you know, the weatherization programs tend to be working in those areas. So this is a, this is a great opportunity, is it not, to uh, start to make real substa substantial impact? Oh, no question about it. Uh, uh, and the research is very clear that it, it, is, it is not it, it, there are two pieces there. One is people having, uh, they are underserved because of a lack of financial resources. That would be people who are low and moderate income who just have never had the resources to be able to invest. And in many communities, Kansas City is a, is a common one where you've got a lot of housing that was passed through the family that the family has owned or inherited along the way, but they never had the resources to be able to invest in the maintaining of the home. So uh, it has deteriorated to some degree. And unfortunately, uh, the honest conversation that our country needs to have is that we have a history of intentional uh, injustice where we put people of color into particular parts that are called redlining, you can look it up on the internet, where we intentionally isolated them in communities and we intentionally divested from that part of the community. We wouldn't allow any kind of business investment or we discouraged it or the people who were in charge of the banks wouldn't even allow some financing in those areas. And then the uh, communities would put their highways through there, drop their pollution sources in there, their industries in there. So it's this whole history of an intentional injustice that leads then to long-term chronic health problems and then no dollars, no financial resources to do anything to mitigate the impact of that. So yes, yeah. it will have an absolute impact and improvement in those communities. And, and you know, other parts of the social determinants of health include, the, you know, the substandard school systems, you know, that the, the, the distance people have to go to work and you have to use public transportation, especially within uh, um, COVID-19, you know, being on public transportation puts you at greater risk. More than, more than half of your um, health impact is actually your environment. Uh, it's, not, it's not genetic, like many people thought, that it actually is your environment impacts you more than anything else that's on that. And, and yet our healthcare system is not set up and designed in any way to address that environment. It's set up to pay for uh, clinical things that you would like to have happen. It's, it's reactionary medicine, not proactive right, medicine. It's not preventative. The idea, the, 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 you can look this up, it's called Upstream Medicine. Uh, it's a whole uh, initiative, and there's even a book called Upstream Medicine uh, by uh, Dr. Machanda. I can't remember his first name, but He's a doctor who, when he actually, in interacting with his patients and, and gathered information about them and, and environmental history, which more and more physicians are doing, uh, if you gather that environmental history, he would go to their homes and see the conditions they live in. He looked upstream. What are the root causes? What are the root sources of the health problems that are being presented in the clinic? Why should I keep feeding you medicine so that you can go back and live in those horrible, uh, moldy, damp conditions and, and cope with it? Whereas if I invested in uh, making that home better, you don't need the medicines anymore. And there's tons of research from all over the place the last 20 years that show uh, this clear relationship. If we invest in improving the home, you, the people who live there get better. Well, Gee. we're treating symptoms <laughs> rather than rather than going after the cause, Structural the root causes. cause, you know, right. and, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, we, we tend to do our healthcare system. Well, let's face it. It's a for profit healthcare system, which is you know really designed to make profit and doing treatments. Not going and yeah. fixing the root cause of somebody's health issues. And I was at a, a, a same conference in Portland where there were some contractors talking about a, a pilot they did with a, a clinic. And what they found was that the doctors saw their patients who had taken a shower and wore different clothes than they normally wore when they came into the clinic. So the doctors had a prevailing view of who that patient was and the contractors went into more of the home environment and chronicled uh, what the conditions were like in the home and brought that back to the doctors and they couldn't believe that there was such a disparity. Absolutely, so, and that's so what we see through our program. Sorry, so you mentioned fixing the home. So I wanna kind of go to the next, next bridge, which is that 
BPI has the Healthy Home Evaluator, which is a credential, and you need one of the other credentials to support that before you can, you know, take that exam and become that. And um, I, you know, Bob, I, and Kevin were all on your founding, uh, you know, committee and groups, and we right. all thought this was going to change a lot. And we realized that there was no um, entity that said you need to have this credential, otherwise it would have exploded. So it was just something that was a great knowledge base but there wasn't a requirement. Connecticut, I think is one of the few, some organization groups went ahead and got their people uh, certified, but right. in general, it's, it, didn't, it didn't explode like we thought, but I think that you've now f found the groundwork to say here, here's something that everybody can engage in, everybody can learn from. And when you do need to send somebody in the home, BPI is ready to give you somebody who is a uh, healthy home evaluator who understands building science and the health department and say, here's, the recommendation. So I think that we, the, the horse definitely was, uh, or the cart was actually out there before the horse. Um, but now you've actually got That's some one great, way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Well, there's an important distinction there. The, the certificate of knowledge, uh, this healthy housing principles reference guide is that foundational knowledge. And right. everybody in your program, in my opinion, should have that knowledge, should get that certificate and should have that knowledge. That way, everybody in your organization has a common language as they talk about, engage, and interact. Even the person at the front office can be advocating to clients who call. But then when you're going to send somebody, the thing that the certificate of knowledge and that the reference guide doesn't have is the uh, how to assess the systematic process of assessing and characterizing health and safety right. risks in housing. And how do you prioritize those? And how do I make specific recommendations and communicate uh, in effective ways to clients? That's the HHE, that's a healthy home evaluator, that's a person who, who has this foundational knowledge along with their building science knowledge and maybe another BPI uh, credential that is applied diagnostics. Now you're giving them the additional skill set to systematically go through and assess and characterize and if needed diagnose through testing measurement and new testing and measurement techniques uh, to get to that uh, uh, skill level. So you don't need to have everybody on the staff uh, with that credential, but you do need to have key people on staff that have that credential who right. can go and do those investigations. I'd like for you guys to talk briefly about the power of these two uh, simple um, certificates of knowledge that if you have um, the building science principle and you add the healthy home, what a great combination that is. Or if you think you just now learned about the healthy housing principles that realize that there's actually another amazing fundamental that's also the energy side. So why don't you talk about how these things uh, overlap in terms of somebody who's in either side of this industry now has the ability uh, without doing a whole week-long training to have gathered a great foundation about you know uh, uh, building science and healthy home principles. I'll start. Um, we see moving forward that training may actually couple those two together. Building science principles, healthy housing principles may go together. Um, what we found when we introduced the building science principles is that the ones who were actually out in the field doing audits and upgrades of homes probably had their building analyst envelope certifications. They knew the building science. Um, th they weren't really the primary candidates to get the building science principles, but people from other parts of the industry um, here locally, Rob Menick, his staff at his HVAC company, he wanted everyone in house to pass the building science principles because he was concerned that someone might pick up the phone and talk to a customer and say something inappropriate. So he wanted them to have the foundation of what building science means. And that's, that's true of inspectors, of realtors, of students who are trying to decide on a career path. You know, maybe they're gonna go into home improvement. Maybe they're gonna go into real estate, but, but having that knowledge base is important. So, so adding healthy housing principles is on one level the same thing. Students can learn about career paths, but it also is good for people who are in the field, like in-home nurses who come into a house every day and they see the, the, their, their, their patient and they, they don't actually look around them to see how that home and the conditions in the home may be impacting them. So having this is a fundamental change in, 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 in a viewpoint. Well, imagine uh, a construction company or a large contractor, they have people on staff uh, who are their construction workers. Imagine if they, they're building houses, 
they, they know how to swing a hammer. They know where the studs go, the joists, how that all assembles into a house and they move to the next house. But imagine if you gave them the knowledge and skills of building science and the knowledge and skills of healthy housing, the same worker and had them build houses. They would be far more uh, aware of the work they're doing and its potential impact on the people who are going to be the future occupants of this house. Uh, many years ago, I had the opportunity through our program to offer healthy home training to contractors uh, with some of our housing organization partners in Kansas City. Two hour workshop on healthy homes to the contractors, pointing out to them common health and safety issues that occur in construction and really emphasizing to them the importance of their job the importance of the impact of the house they build, the HVAC system they put in to the people who occupy it. And I'm there from a hospital talking about the impact on children and the children who are gonna occupy the houses you work on, you renovate, that it was so eye-opening to them. They just never had thought about the work they did, did having such a personal impact on uh, the people that buy these homes from them. and. Uh, if you could have the workforce that work for a contractor construction company uh, take those two foundational sets of information and put them together, that's really the baseline, I think, for anybody who works, builds, or uh, evaluates homes. But isn't that a hard sell, I mean, in the construction industry? Because I, I would argue that the contractors you got there were upper end or forward thinking contractors and not necessarily representative of contractors at large across the country. Well, this is a housing organization that works on low income housing using HUD community development block grant funds. The I don't, I don't disagree with your point, though. Yeah. I, I think I think we'd be well served if everybody that's involved in putting buildings together What's had some understanding of the ramifications. What's it going to yeah, cost a contractor? How much do the two trainings cost per employee? 500 bucks? 500 bucks for you could change that employee's life their career path. They, they may have never even thought about getting into health and safety and housing or getting uh, deeper and, into energy analysis. And it may impact what they do in their work, but it's definitely going to impact how they live in their home as you get that knowledge. Our, our marketing person, Quinn, um, um, is um, engaged. And on vacation um, last week, she took the book with her and read it on vacation and, and her fiance said to her, why are you spending so much time reading this thing? And she said, oh, you'll be reading it too. <laughs> so you mentioned um, uh, framers, which maybe, um, maybe some people are trying to have a challenge to digest that, but I don't see any HVAC contracting company that doesn't understand where this completely uh, fits everybody like Rob Minnick does, whoever answers the call, whoever goes in the home. So uh, one thing I did want to stress is that there is an amazing amount of energy related training that's free out there. You can go to YouTube and learn everything you probably could ever want to know about doing diagnostics, blower door, uh, energy loads, calculations, all that stuff. There is a free learning base just because so many people want to share their knowledge. You could not figure out how to do a healthy home assessment, what are healthy home conditions, principles. We just have not been able to have enough people in the industry that want to share their knowledge like they do others. So this is something that is groundbreaking, that this is not something like, oh, yeah, that's old news. People are like, no, I had no idea about half these things that are in that book. So I think we are going to see more people wanting to like read the book and then regurgitate it back out for other people to kind of understand. So I think there is a, a great learning curve that's going to happen for everybody, and people will be able to benefit from that. But right now, this is the only thing out there that you could actually figure out what's going on uh, with a healthy home concept and and great resources behind it so this new program just hit the street about a week ago right we're about a week into it maybe a little longer two weeks no this week really this week okay so it's i mean it's it this today, is fresh. today 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 well you know so yeah. i so we have you know, books like, back from the printer. I mean, this one, this one literally showed up, you know, like uh, really quickly uh, yesterday, which was great. Um, so how, how is it, you know, initially, how's it being received? I know this is like early to ask that question, but, you know, are, it, it, are you seeing a buzz in the industry and these different sectors that you're trying to uh, attract with it? Well, I'll start and give it to Kevin, but um, our marketing plan for this was, you know, to go out to um, the federal agencies that have um, programs that relate to it, and we reached out to them. The um, reaction has been 
way stronger than I thought it would be to the point where I'm getting calls and emails from uh, people in, in federal agencies who have been referred to me from someone else in the agency saying, you gotta, you gotta get a copy of this, so, you know, get on the list to get a copy of this. So that's, that's to me is a very strong signal. Uh, we have associations, uh, um, you know, big associations that, that deal with health issues like the uh, Allergy and Asthma Foundation of America. Kevin and I talked with them last year and said, when, when we're ready, let's, let's figure out a game plan. So in general, I'm finding that the reaction is very positive. This is needed. Um, and, and, you know, that there was a, a certification out in the field that NIA had the healthy home specialist. When they discontinued that, we bought their intellectual property. And that's really, this is the culmination of completely repurposing that and bringing out something that we think is going to have a broad appeal across many sectors related to health and homes. And one of the things that was missing was NEHA did not produce any uh, reference guides or resources. HUD, fortunately, the Office of Lead and Healthy Homes uh, for years uh, uh, had supported a National Healthy Home Training Center that was operated by the National Center for Healthy Housing and uh, was a wonderful network, uh, 42 training centers across the country. We were one of those for uh, 14, 15 years, and taught hundreds of people, thousands of people actually, on the healthy home principles and actually on healthy homes assessments. But uh, that funding slowed the re-publication, uh, the, the updates of the publications that they had had stopped, and then the training center, the whole network had paused. Uh, I have heard that it's being restarted, but has been paused for a, a few years now. So uh, uh, there was missing information. Uh, NEHA vacated the credential. They're still supporting those who have the credential, but they're, they're not doing mm. anything beyond that. So it was, there was this chasm uh, where there was missing information and the information that is available was dated. Uh, the last publication I saw on what they call the essentials guide, I believe was from 2014. So that was many years. It's been a while, and, and there's been some new science. The other thing is that, that the history of that healthy home training, which I did, uh, had a lot of focus on the history, had a lot of focus on uh, codes, the importance of housing codes, no question, they're, they're important. The difference here is a focus on uh, uh, new uh, evidence, on practical information, lots of practical information that can be applied immediately that you can uh, both for your own per personal use and professionally. Uh, it's packed full of uh, evidence-based information that you can use in, in, in all the work that you do. So we really uh, wanted to provide the latest information. And then the other great thing that BPI has done is build, as Joe alluded to, uh, a website that has everything up to date where now, going forward, you're, you're not just investing in a, in a guide or a certificate, you're investing in a resource center, a resource center that is always updated, that you can always go to to get the latest information, the latest evidence, the latest publications related to a particular scientific topic about housing. Well, you can imagine that's a rather broad uh, a set of things to stay on top of, mm -hmm. how nice to be able to go to a website that has it categorized by Kiva principles to look up the latest information. One yeah, of that's the challenges important. with HHE was that there wasn't a, uh, a reference guide. There wasn't a, anything to go to say, oh, I want to sit for this exam. What do I go study? And the only thing that we could give people was a, a mountain of libraries of things to uh, hope they could find out what's in there without just giving them the direct answers to a question. So there, there, this is finally something that's been able to be defined as a, a, a set of knowledge. And I think if you are thinking about the HHE, this is a fundamental ground uh, work for that it would broaden your perspective as to what the HHE is also trying to do. So if you do the certificate and you already are a BPI um, certificate uh, certification holder, now you're going to realize what it, why the HHE is a, a great step. And right now there's a, there's a career for people to do energy. You could do energy assessments. You could leave your weatherization crew and go start your own business is something that people debate all the time. Now there's actually healthy homes as actually a, uh, a profession. And of course, you're bringing the energy with you and your whole building science. So I think there is something that is broadening what people go do in a home that's not just energy. You now are, uh, you could be uh, 
in fact, a lot of contractors are figuring out how do I become a healthy home contractor? And that's now the, uh, Peter Tro says he's getting calls regularly on how they can remarket their website to say they do healthy home assessments. So well, look at Matt Hardgrove's Total Home Performance. Right. That's a wonderful example of yeah. a business that's been very successful of integrating uh, healthy homes and indoor air quality into their regular uh, business practice. Yeah, and another point here, and I know, Joe, you've brought this up in presentations before, is that there's a lot of shiny gadgets out there in the age of COVID-19 that, you know, the UV lights and all sorts of of things uh, that attach onto HVAC equipment or don't, um, that you wave the wand over your phone and supposedly you're sterilizing it. Um, You know, there's a lot to be um, skeptical about. Um, what we're trying to do is give people a base knowledge that they can work with and it, it's, you know, use your senses, use your nose, use your eyes, use your, your um, you know, your sight, your, your, your hearing, whatever works for you to try and understand what's going on there. Don't jump to the shiny new object as the cure. Well, the one thing that I've gotten learned from Kevin is an evidence-based application. So, you know, as I say, source of the source, you now have a source. This is actually, you can quote the HHP, which also has its own reference inside of it. So you're now saying that it isn't me telling you something about these chemicals and their potential impact on your, you and your family. I now have this source and I can actually, you know, uh, directly reference it and its own reference as to why I'm stating these, which reduces your liability in a way you can't fathom. You can claim energy bills. Most people don't get sued on that. They do get sued if they claim health um, uh, conditions that are not backed on by other evidence-based conditions. So you want to make sure that you understand what you're stating and where that came from. So you you just opened up the next hour of our talk. Yeah, exactly. oh, well, no. I, I was going to go there, but I'm not. I, I had a couple of questions. You know, the notes are here, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm looking at the clock." It's like, can't well, go. I'll quickly yeah. say that you you're not there to talk about uh, uh, health impact specifically. You're there to talk about environmental impact. You're there to help people improve the home environment. Research says if they do these things, it improves the environment, and therefore should improve the health of anybody living there. Right. That's the comfortable conversation. People are anxious about talking about health. You don't need to talk about health. Talk about improving the home. Your goal is to improve the home environment. That's what this whole uh, uh, book is focusing Good on. Point. Yeah, but I, I great, great point. But I will uh, say that some people get caught up into like, oh, you sure. have asthma. These are asthma triggers. And so yes. there's this connection. So it's a, it's a fine line. But as Kevin said, you're there to make the home healthier and not the occupant. That's something you cannot control. Well, they can talk with their physician about, hey, I got recommendations from this healthy home evaluator or this new uh, person with this healthy home certificate. Uh, The recommendations are to do this to make my uh, home better. And then the physician or provider should be able to say, well, yes, I know your medical history. I know what conditions you have. They're right. Uh, I think your health will benefit from these environmental improvements. And there's evidence to support that. And heck, you could even take the guide and say, hey, here's the evidence to back up what this guy's recommending. Well, and see, that same caveat's true for the IAQ professional side, too. You know, you you really can't get into talking about medical stuff. And I I see that, you know, I'm at conferences, you know, you know that, Kevin, we we go, we all go, we, we travel in the same sphere as in Joe, you know, and, and you get there and you hear people talking about stuff and they're, they're making medical claims and they're, they're not medical people. It's like, stop that. That's yeah. true for everybody in this. Stay industry. in your yeah. Stay, stay in, in your, your lane. Stay in your knowledge base. Got to right? know your limitations. And the same for the doctors. Uh, well, I, yeah, yeah. doctors talk about environmental stuff from afar, from their office. Never saw the place yeah. and start right. saying that you've got a mold problem in the place. I How the hell do you know that from afar? Uh, no question about it. And I have been fortunate to be involved in the healthcare industry for 20 years and go to their their conferences, and I'm there to talk about environment. And one of the things we talk about politely, respectfully is, mm-hmm. hey, we're the environmental experts to help you understand the environment. You're the health experts. I'm staying in my lane. Uh, you should Please stay in stay your yours. lane <laughs> and take, adv- take advantage of us. We yeah. know the environment, but we certainly know you're the ones who, are, who have the expert on health. Okay, it is that time of our hour that I need to get you guys to do a wrap up. That's my, those are two, my two roles. I have some slides I show and I get everybody to wrap up and turn your phones off. So um, I want you guys to jump ahead uh, five years and be like, okay, this is out, this is established. Um, I even think that BPI and their other uh, certif- uh, certifications will actually kind of merge as more, a little more health-based. But let's talk about how this you think will impact homes and occupants uh, is, is where, where we hope that this would go to. So Larry, why don't you start us off? I like to talk about the Holy Grail. And for me, that means that we have a 
managed care or insurance industry that appreciates that there is a role of the indoor environment in affecting health, that those who have the capability to address that could actually change the way that they do business and maybe actually reduce their premiums if done correctly. I'd like to see that the medical community understands that there's a contractor base out there that can do this. And through that connection, we have an ability to actually solve a lot of environmental health problems that may be caused by the home. So that that communication now occurs. Five years from now, our events are doctors, insurance providers, contractors get together and say, let's compare notes. Excellent. Wouldn't yep. it be great if uh, a family uh, goes to see their doctor, they have some concerns, uh, they report what their concerns are, the doctor asks, or their doctor's nurse or a provider, someone in the office, community health worker asks a set of basic questions. Uh, they gather that information, provide it to the doctor. The doctor writes a prescription for a healthy home assessment. Take this. Uh, there's a, here's a list of the uh, healthy home evaluators locally who can provide that service. Uh, they go and get their house assessed, giving them a prioritized list of, of ways they can address the needs. If needed, they're connected to community resources that can address some of those needs if they don't have the income to deal with it. Uh, and then they're getting uh, the investment paid for, and then they can take uh, the bill, hand it to the health insurance company it's paid for because it's going to save that health insurance company tens of thousands of dollars in long-term health care. Uh, if, if we could make that connection, uh, we would be a far better country for it and, and far uh, better uh, economic health as well as the health of our homes. Let's just commit to making that connection. Deal. Here, I'll shake your hand. And... All right. <laughs> So out of those two things you mentioned, yeah, and those are things I usually preach on this show at the end. So you guys took my thunder there. But the other thing that I think will come out of that is evidence-based. We will have evidence finally, because we really aren't documenting what people are doing in the home and what actually changes with their symptomology, mm -hmm. that we don't right. have this relationship of saying, okay, you know what, I improved your filtration and your ventilation, and we got you to remove your carpet and do some stuff. And guess what? Uh, anecdotally, we find these out. We hear stories about people that are just so thrilled with what the energy auditor may have done. Uh, energy assessment, but like we're not really actually documenting these. It's like, you know, these are actually, we have now 3,000 cases where people's asthma was reduced because we did these types of energy. And it isn't one thing, uh, it's a collection of things. It's making the home much better overall. So I think that we're going to come out with, you know, that prescription is going to be based upon that we now know what actually are the, the, the top five things to be doing first and then work your way down the other things that are on that. It's also well, occupant behavior. That's right. Sure. Yeah, there is research evidence to, to support that now. So uh, it's just a matter of crossing that chasm and, and making it readily available. Yeah. Bob? Yeah, I mean, what I, really what I would like to see in the, in the long run is just that people are more cognizant of, you know, how important the roles of your indoor environment, both at home and at work and at school, you know, where we, all the places that you occupy, um, how much that really affects the, the quality of your life. I mean, it's really important, and, you know, and from a business perspective, how that affects the quality of the productivity of your employees, you know, it's like, it, it, this is, yeah, it's hard to quantify, but the reality is, we really don't live and work in really great environments categorically, you know, do we in this country? And it's as important well, to you as the food we, you eat. Now we live, go to work, and, and go to school in our homes. And it's so, as, important yeah. as, the, as important as the food you eat to your life and health and well-being absolutely so on that note i will uh, uh remind people that if you want to have more information you go to bpi.org forward slash hhp and it takes you to their main page where you can also access the resources on the right side that i showed you and uh, you can also go to uh hhp forward slash hhp underscore presentation and download the full powerpoint that you saw some of the slides that larry had so if you're looking for more information they have really stepped up their game in terms of how you can uh, navigate through their website. So I encourage you to go there for more information. And certainly, I guess we'll talk about healthy indoors, right? At this point, your slide ready. Yep. Um, the, uh, the latest issue of healthy indoors is on the street uh, in digital form and free and available at healthyindoors.com. Uh, the uh, current issue is on um, going back to school. 
you know, and are you healthy or not? Uh, here we go. Um, very contentious uh, conversations going on about that. And that's our cover story uh, for this latest issue in Healthy Indoors. So definitely uh, go to healthyindoors.com. Uh, you can read that and all of our back issues from the past seven years. We are we are one month shy of our eighth, uh, starting our eighth year with Healthy Indoors magazine, which scares the hell out of me thinking that I've been doing it this long. Uh, but that being said, um, it's it's a, a great, excellent free resource that you, you know, incredible resource that you need to get your hands on. You can get a free subscription uh, by just clicking on the button there. And uh, I highly recommend it. Now, the Healthy Indoor Show is available. Um, show you're watching right now, whether you're watching it live or recorded. Um, the Healthy Indoor Show, all of our back episodes are available on the health, HI Show tab at healthyindoors.com. We, uh, we stream it out to a multiple of other areas. And also we have a podcast. Uh, so if you can't stand to look at our charming faces, you can listen to our charming voices as you drive around in your automobiles. Uh, so I uh, highly recommend that you uh, take advantage of, again, all these free resources we put out there for you. Joe, you've got uh, stuff you'd like to talk about? Yeah, so um, uh, I've been uh, I'm sponsored by Hayward Score. I want to make sure I uh, shout out to those guys. So um, it's a free online uh, survey tool that helps people uh, do uh, have a better understanding about their house by just taking a survey that reminds them about all these things are collectively together that could be impacting their health. Or we now are kind of switching our message to more about is this home a shelter for your house or embracing your health uh, health while you're at your home, especially now that as people mentioned you're in your home probably 95 percent of the time. So if you're looking for uh, more information, also great resources on uh, HaywardScore.com. Get your free score. It's free. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes, and you'll learn a lot about your home in a, in a simple uh, interactive survey. Yeah, well, well worth doing. Um, and again, healthy housing principles, right? Recent, just a fresh off the presses from the Building Performance Institute. Um, you know, again, I'd really like to thank our guest today, uh, the Building Performance Institute's uh, CEO, Larry Zarker, and uh, the principal author and editor for that document, uh, for that reference guide, the Healthy Housing Principles Reference Guide, Kevin Kennedy, coming live from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, Joe Medosh, as always, you know, um, coming in live from Colorado, and I guess Larry, Larry, you're in you're in Maryland, actually, right? You're not yes, in I DC. Am. Yeah, I'm in Maryland. You're, you're close, close to DC. You're a DC guy, though, kind of. If I go down to DC, I have to quarantine for two weeks, so I'm just staying in Maryland. <laughs> okay, well, with, with all that pleasurable thought, um, so again, we meant we mentioned it. The uh, Healthy Indoors latest edition, uh, the edition on going back to school really worth uh your read i think you're going to find some valuable info in there stuff on mycotoxins a bunch of other great stuff there we do this it. show good. yeah it, right it was it was a yeah, i feel, i don't feel bad about it it was a, it was a every now and then you know like you're the parent so you're you're proud of all your children but some children shine <laughs> yeah, this one, yeah, <laughs> you know how that goes well done so so we're uh we're, we're here every week for the uh, live live streaming here at healthyindoors.com and again at a plethora of other places on facebook uh facebook pages and all over the place youtube we're everywhere uh but anyway you can see us every thursday at 1 p.m eastern time uh healthy indoors show and again pick up healthy indoors magazine and check out all of our resources at healthyindoors.com uh free. for the rest of our guests it, it, it's free you know I think we've said that, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of free stuff. We're giving free stuff. You it's know. really no charge to you. Yeah, it, it, you virtually don't pay anything for it. <laughs> <laughs> on that, <laughs> on that, I'm Bob Krell, your host and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Please stay safe. Thank you.